Welcome to Future Fortune, a podcast where we talk all things financial literacy. My name is Nidhi Saran. I've been a CPA and financial advisor for the past five years. I specialize in financial coaching. Hi, my name is Sarah Musir, and I'm also a certified public accountant. And on this podcast, I specialize in debt. Hi, my name is Anthony Andaluz. I'm a financial advisor. I've been on the field for 18 years now, and I work at AA Financial Services. And on this show, we help our listeners through financial troubles. Every month, we have a special guest who we come together to help find their way out of a rough financial situation. And today, we have our guest, Gabby. Gabby, could you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Gabby Alfred. I am 32 years old, and I am a media arts curator. I grew up in a family that didn't really focus on the importance of financial literacy, so I was mostly focused on product and passion over any sort of money. And because of that, I'm currently $45,000 in debt and just in general do not really know where I'm going with my financial life. Well, Gabby, I hope you know that you're not alone. According to Forbes magazine, about only 30% of children enrolled in public schools do have access to financial literacy classes. It's actually something many people struggle with. In fact, only about 57% of American adults are financially literate, and many lose an average of $1,819 annually due to financial illiteracy. So Gabby, $45,000 in debt, that sounds like a lot, and a lot of people can't handle that. How did you get into that? Well, I went to school for art, so my tuition was a lot higher than anything that I could cover. So 30,000 of that debt is student loans alone, including the interest and such. That's actually why many people accumulate debt to begin with. Often prices of schooling and financing college is really high, and many people take out loans for that. And then beyond that, I also <clears throat> took out a credit card very late in life. I took out a credit credit card at 23 to hope and cover some of my financial issues that I was having because I was covering those student loans. And because I took out that credit card, there I am 10000 in debt with credit card. And then that other 5000 is collateral that I could easily monetize because of the things that I put forth for my uh, um, mm-hmm. art projects that I am very passionate about. And what made you take out the credit card debt to begin with? Like, how did, how did you even decide to open up a credit card? Like, what was the thought process behind that? It just felt like the next thing that I had to do in life. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what the steps are correctly, but I know that there's a certain flow of things that I should be doing. And as, if I recall, you said that your parents never really put an emphasis on financial education, correct? Yeah, they care a lot more just about me being Mm -hmm. happy with where I am in life. So now, the first step, it would be for us to help you identify which type of person are you. Because in financial literacy, there's four different types of people. We have the overconfident, underconfident, competitive, and naive. So overconfident people are the Usually the people that have, um, they think their knowledge is above average, but it's actually not. These are people that are like less likely to go to a financial advisor. So underconfident people, these are the people that have enough knowledge, but they don't, they, they know that how risky is an investment. So they're usually not, not really into it because they know that one bad decision can really mess up their life. We also have competitive people. These people have enough confidence and they also have enough knowledge. These are the people who are more likely involved in stock games and stock market and all that stuff. And then lastly, we also have naive people. These are the people that just don't have enough, um, they don't have the enough knowledge and they don't have confidence.
So, and I think you fit in this category of naive, but that's not a problem. We can help you out. Also, before we even get started into it, what made you come to us and what made you take the first step to reaching financial literacy? Um, my friend Nitty, who works with this podcast, actually told me that she felt like you guys could help me get further into my adulthood, per se. Yeah, because honestly, I feel like you are some kind of entrepreneur. And I've done a lot of research when it comes to entrepreneurs and financial literacy and the relationship between the two. And because I know you so well, I know how you would really aid from being more financially literate because the statistics say that financially educated entrepreneurs are more likely to have 25% more higher income. So do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Like what were your goals when you started this, you know, creative venture? It was just for the art. I don't, I wasn't looking at it from a money standpoint. It was just a passion that I wanted to follow. Obviously the money came back to kind of bite you. <laughs> How has that affected your life now? Well, the debt, of course. Mm -hmm. There's been a sort of struggle mentally for me to continue feeling the passion yeah. for the art. So I just want to alleviate the pressure that all of the debt has been putting on my shoulder so that I can find the love that I had for it again. Yeah, and debt is really emotionally taxing on many individuals. In fact, it affects a lot of people's anxieties and depression. So thank you for coming on. So I want to dive deeper into your financial habits. Like what exactly do you do day to day? How do you think you are with your budgeting and managing your money? What do you think is contributing to your lack of preparedness when it comes to being able to handle and manage your money? Well, I was very lucky to have inherited a house from my parents because they wanted me to be able to pursue my passions without worrying about a mortgage. But because of that lack of responsibility, I feel like I have allowed myself to fall into habits that aren't necessarily smart for myself. Like in the morning, I will wake up and I will order breakfast. I will go get a coffee before I go into the studio. I order new art supplies weekly. I'm constantly consuming things that aren't necessarily necessary for my life, but they're just a part of what I love. So a bunch of stuff just keep on adding up and adding yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. You see, that's when the budget part comes in. So it, it, it's important for you to have designated amount, amounts of money that you could expand, expand for anything. So for necessary stuff and unnecessary stuff, this will help you a lot on your financial services. Yeah, when it comes to building a budget, you should include things like an income, like how much money you're bringing in, fixed expenses, and discretionary sa uh, savings and spending. And when you include all those things in a budget, you can really uh, understand you know, where your money is going and how much money is coming in. And that way, what you are able to measure, you're going to be able to manage. And I also just want to go back to the everyday spending, the breakfast yeah. spend. Because one thing I can almost relate to is how tempting it is to buy these little drinks and little purchases that yeah. do add up over time. Especially with the rise of consumerism and materialism. Yeah. Um, Societally, we value materialism and purchasing items more and more. In fact, um, an article titled Reducing Materialism Through Financial Literacy, the author illustrates how today's generations typically just live larger. Yeah. We see the prices of houses going up every year and 
overall property just getting larger and high high quality clothes and expensive technology all of that became the norm yeah and i think that with the life that my parents gave me mm-hmm. i never had to understand the limitations i see that's why it's important to build the habits now yeah a lot of times people actually spend more than they actually earn is that people are just spending way too much money and not putting anything into account for a retirement fund, mm-hmm. for mortgages, for other things. And I know that housing isn't something you have to worry about, yeah. but this is an issue that can be illustrated throughout many people. Yeah. How well do you stay on top of your like monthly expenses and bills? Uh, virtually, I cover them as well as I can. There's a few months where the commission's low, the art mm-hmm. isn't selling as well as usually, and I have to use a credit card to cover something. And how much do you say you would make a year? It fluctuates based on the month. Um, on a good month, I'll make 6000 On a bad month, I'll make 2000 I think an issue a lot of people have is that instead of focusing so much on what they can cut back, they, they should focus on how can they make more money. Because if you make more money, and then you implement also the habits that we bring up in this podcast, such as budgeting, paying yourself first, making sure you're paying your bills on time, all those sort of things, even a debt reduction plan that we can get into later. If you put that on top of making more money, you're going to have more leeway and more space and more freedom to you know, flow and be able to make a little mistakes, but still learn in the process. And it's easier than if you, you know, cut back your spending or try to you know, cut back your expenses. It's easier to make more money than it is to cut back expenses. That's true. Also, you said that you use a credit card to finance most of your spending, correct? I do. How much debt do you say you accumulate throughout the credit card? Within a month. I, yeah, I guess. Um, I would say around 1500 Wow, so around 18000 a year. Yeah. That's not unheard of as of 2023. Americans owe a total of $1.3 trillion in credit card debt. The average American has $5,733 in credit card debt, and more than half, or 60% of Americans, have ha- owe about an average of $5,875. So I'm kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll work on it. We'll, yeah. we'll find a plan That's what I'm to here help for. you manage that, of course. Okay, so here's a plan that we can work with to hopefully bring back your credit score and get you out of this debt. First of all, would be by starting or finding a payment strategy. So consider methods like paying more than the minimum monthly payment or using debt in the snowball method, essentially where you focus on paying off the smallest debt first. Do you think that that could align with your life? I think so, yeah. But if I were to focus mainly on my credit card debt, then Mm -hmm. what would happen with my student loans? We'll go back to that in a minute. Right now, let's just focus on the credit card debt consolidation. And the second thing you can do is something called debt consolidation. This involves combining all your debts into one loan with a lower interest rate. It's pretty much the process of combining several debts from credit cards, high interest loans, and other bills into one monthly payment and making it easier and more lightweight and easier to track when it comes to paying off this all this debt. Another thing we could also do is talk to, with your creditors. You can contact your credit card company to negotiate rates or request financial relief. For negotiating rates, first you have to understand how much you owe assets on your credit, assess your credit card debt. And if you have multiple credit cards, go through the statements and make an itemized list of how much you owe on each card and the respective interest rates. Then explore your options. Understand what settlement options are 
available and how much you can afford to pay that. Um, make sure to call your credit card company. It's a phone call away to your credit card company to devise a workable solution and also get everything in writing. Once you reach an agreement with your credit card company, make sure to have it in writing. You can also ask for lower interest rates or more flexible rewards, which could save you on money. Or which would save you money, excuse me. That hearing it talk to me about by professionals has helped me understand better what debt consolidation actually is. Do you think it's something that you want to go and do? With help. Okay. I think that the smartest thing to do would to be first focus on all the financial misconceptions you have about your financial life and how mm -hmm. to handle money and all of the the weak points you have when it comes to managing your money. And also, I think to jump in just super quickly, you also have to start reevaluating your spending choices for sure. Definitely lower your living expenses. Stop <laughs> getting those drinks every day, those breakfast items. <laughs> it's definitely something that we have to work on. Yeah. Another important thing that we need to start, that you can start doing, and I can help you with that, is taking financial literate classes. This will help you a lot in when it comes to budgeting and managing your expenses. And then after that, after um, getting you, helping you with all the, the debt you have, we could also start investing, which we could, it could be good for you, and we can plan for your future and investing in stocks, investing in bonds, and different types of mutual investments, funds. mutual funds, or retirement plans to have your future saved also. That's a good idea. Okay, I just wanted to really quickly bring it back to the college issue because I know a reason why you are even in debt right now is because of financing yes. your college education. Yeah. So let's get into that. Um, obviously, to reiterate what we've been saying, budget, budget, budget. <laughs> you need to start implementing a proper budgeting plan for yeah. your income and all that stuff. But for now, let's explore repayment options. So let's look into alternative repayment plans, loan forgiveness programs, and consider consolidation if it makes sense for your situation. Yeah. Um, extra payments. Once again, if it's possible, try to pay more than your minimum monthly pay. Okay. Meaning more of your income would have to be broken into to go back into your college yeah. and debt and credit card expenses. And then there's also refinancing. You might be able to find lower interest rates to reduce your payments. And the final thing I would recommend is getting financial counseling. Consider speaking with a certified student loan counselor for a one-on-one -on -one comprehensive review of your finances and repayment plan that works best for your situation. Remember, managing student loan debt should be a part of your broader financial plan. However, we're starting right now, so we're just going to implement that. Um, it's important to just really speak with a professional and just really break down everything that we, we, you can do yeah. to help you move forward. So what I'm hearing in general is that consolidation is my best option. I, yeah, in my opinion, yes. Okay. So what, what usually helps people a lot on financial is setting goals. So we have uh, different types of, of goals. We have short-term goals and long-term goals. Short-term goals, it could be something like buying a uh, new phone or having a new car, stuff like that. But Do then, my daily coffees count as short-term goals? <laughs> no, dear. It's okay. We can start just making coffee at home. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with just an espresso machine. Also, uh, continuing long-term goals is... Stuff so, uh, is like big stuff, so like buying a house, uh, a retirement plan, stuff like that. So the way we could start 
setting goals and like helping you accomplish this is by since you don't have a a you don't have a fixed amount of income, right? So what we could do is have a, a set amount of um, percentage of your income set for goals that you could start uh, going to, to your debt, to your investments, to your savings, to your, yeah. Right. So did this talk at all help you? Do you think that the stuff that we mentioned, are they like, are they plausible for your lifestyle? Do you think you can implement these strategies? I definitely think so. I know at the beginning I'm going to need help, but I think that eventually I'll be able to get there on my own. Of course. That's what we're here for. And also for the people listening to us at home, it's important to get your kids started really young. It doesn't need to start with anything too complicated. It could be something simple as talking to them about a credit card, a debit card. So they can start being familiar with all these topics. So this will help them a lot in their future. So when they grow up, when they have their transition between high school to college, from being the, a dependent person and um, to into an independent person, it, this will help them and it will make the process a lot easier. It's already stressful for a bunch of people. And it's also important to always visit a financial advisor, no, ma no matter your situation, because in the financial world, there's always the, a better path to take that will take you to the next step, to the next level, and you can become more, you can become more financially literate. So before I let you go, we have this tradition where every month, we ask our guests to announce the next one's guest. <laughs> okay. So here's this piece of paper. All right. You're going to read it out loud and tell us. Um, next month's guests are Alan Defina and Michelle Rosen, who are in immediate need for care. We can't wait to have you guys on the next episode, December 6th at 11.20 a.m. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And let's just say our next episode is going to be really interesting. <laughs>